you can eat whatever you like. You can eat whatever you want. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody win on the eat side that has been resistant to I'm never going to track my calories. You're going to eat either in a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit. Every day. Every day. Yep. And it's like a bank account. You're either going to put more money in the account than you take out, or you're going to take more money out than you're going to put in. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. And here's your host, Alan Kemper. Well, welcome to the Four Fires Podcast. This is Jeff Rice, and today I'm going to be talking with Alan about the physical fire. But before we get into that, people need to be thinking about the 30-day ruck. And you're going to hear a little bit in this podcast about some of the things we talk about in the physical fire and where they show up in the ruck. But really, if there's a next step that you're thinking about taking in order to walk, like progress in your four-dimensional journey, the ruck is where you need to start. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's for sure. When's the next one? So the next 30-day ruck is coming up in July. It starts on July 7th after the holiday weekend and ends on August 6th. And then we have another one in September. So the, those two rucks are coming up. The cutoff date for the July ruck is June 23rd. So if you want to sign up, check out the link in the description and reserve your spot today. Yeah, and you, we just finished up a group, uh, just finished going through the ruck, and it sounds like they had a pretty phenomenal experience. For sure. Yep. A lot of life change and a lot of effort that re- that resulted in those five men being directionally correct to the man that they're trying to become. Yeah. So the physical fire. Yeah. It's the- a fun one. <laughs> so Alan, you do a lot of executive coaching and owner coaching. And what do people need to know through your experience that you've seen when you coach somebody and you're helping them in their physical fire? What do people need to know to start improving their physical fire? Yeah, the physical fire is is interesting because in many cases, it's so visual, right? I mean, we can see it. There's a threshold of kind of what normal looks like, and then you can kind of see very obviously the extremes on both sides. But when, when I'm sitting down with a guy and... Many times what I will find is that there's a a general lack of awareness around what levers need to be pulled in order to win in this space. They may recognize that they're, well, if they're they're winning, they know why. But if they're not winning, there seems to be a general, I'm trying or I've tried before and failed. And so there's some... Maybe resentment there. Certainly some resentment or some apathy. I've just given up. Hmm. Like, that's not for me. Success in that area is just going to elude me for the rest Hmm. of my life. Yeah. And so some of it is a little bit of a resolution to say, I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. But then it's also this idea that there are levers out there that you can pull to win. Maybe even easier than, I mean, in in, in every area, like if if you're coaching in the professional fire, ooh, the levers that you have to pull to increase income Mm – those are those are hard levers and, and they're far more complicated. Yes. Very complicated. Yeah. And they're and they're they're unique to each individual situation and business. You know, are you an employee? Are you an owner? Like what's what's your status and like what opportunities do you have? If you say you want to win in the people fire, man, that's so nuanced depending on who you're married to and what your mm-hmm. kids' current state are and what your history with friends are. 
your purpose fire, you know, all of those things are very tailored to the individual and the circumstance they find themselves in. But for the most part, in the physical fire, a lot of what we're dealing with just involves what you eat and how you exercise. Yeah. Arguably the, the most simple fire. <laughs> yes, but not, definitely not the easiest no, fire. No. And so one of the things I think would be helpful for us to talk about today is some things that have helped me on my journey that I feel like I have been made more aware of how to win in this space, particularly over the last four or five years, some of the mindset that's required, some of the habits that are required. And I guess I'll start first with this idea of what you're measuring matters. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, I know in the in the ruck, one of the things that we ask people to do before during the pre-week mm-hmm. is to go get some kind of body scan. Uh, we use either a bod pod or a DEXA scan, right? And that gives us some different kind of data. I started doing bod pod back in 2020 and was fascinated by the data that I got there. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just stepping on the scale and seeing what your weight is. Yeah. There's a whole lot more there. Yeah. 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 You, you get what is your resting metabolic rate? What is your body fat percentage? What is your lean muscle mass percentage? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you d- get a, do a DEXA scan, it actually gives you what your the weight of your bones yeah. are and your bone, bone density. Bone density, bone health, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of data that's helpful in that space. That's just been a, a thing that I've used as a, a tool, and that's my new metric. I care much less about what I weigh. Mm-hmm and much more about what my body fat percentage is. Mm -hmm. It just seems like a healthier metric and one that I can't fudge as much. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's one thing that I think is, is really helpful um, is to start measuring different things. Um, You and I were having a conversation about some of our friends earlier who have gone on a significant fitness journey Mm -hmm. and we can look at them and say, wow, they they have ha- had body recomposition yeah. for sure. Yeah. And both of those people have had zero change on the scale. Mm-hmm. That, but but you look at a before and after image, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, that a lot of change, a lot of change. Yeah. And so the scale can be very deceptive, right? Both for the positive and for the negative. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I would say is you will get a different level of awareness if you will start measuring different things. And specifically, you know, the, the things that we found success with, DEXA scans yep. and bod pods. And there are um, websites that you can go to and do a regional search for where is there a bod pod in my area. We'll, we'll put a link in the description. Yeah, yes, yep. where, you can, where you can find those. And so when people start the ruck, that's one of the first things that we have them do. You can't manage what you can't measure. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, uh, we got to be able to measure, have the right measurement tool. I think one of the other things that has been really helpful for people, it's measuring caloric intake. Mm-hmm. Like once you know what your resting metabolic rate is, that's your caloric burn. If you were just sitting in a car driving across country all day long, that's a really useful number to know mm-hmm. because it's your baseline to maintain your current body weight and recognizing that you're going to eat either in a caloric surplus 
or a caloric deficit. Every day. Every day. Yep. Like, and it's like a bank account. You're either going to put more money in the account than you take out, or you're going to take more money out than you're going to put in. Yeah. The only problem is it's opposite. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> because you, you want less. Well, That's right, if yeah. you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and it depends on you know your, what your, your objectives are, right? right. Like, yeah. um, If you're lifting heavy weights and you're trying to put on lean mass, you need to be in a surplus. For or sure. Or else you're not going to see the results you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. I talked to uh, – I had a friend. He gave me this analogy. He – he said 80% of success in body recomposition is eating right. He said a lot of people will go to the gym. Now, the scientific, I don't know, this is yeah, just, his, just his, this opinion. Is his opinion. But he, he gave this analogy. He said, imagine that you are building a house and you pay all the laborers to be there. The big expense is the workforce to lay all of the bricks to build this house and and you do the work and you get them there and they show up first thing in the morning and there's no bricks for them to lay and you didn't hand them any materials to work with you you paid the price to have the labor there but you didn't give them the material to work with Mm -hmm. and that was his analogy around if you go to the gym and you work out and you break down all of your muscle and you don't put the right amount of protein, macronutrients back into your body, right. you've done the, you've paid the price, mm-hmm. but you're not getting the results. Mm-hmm. And then you're likely to be discouraged and stop over mm-hmm. time. For sure. You'll just stop. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things we always say is you on the, if it's the, the opposite where you're exercising, but then you're also, if your maintenance calories is 2,500 calories, and you're going and you're working out and you're trying to lose weight, but you're eating even 2,700 calories a day, you're not going to lose weight. Yeah. You're going to stay where you are and maybe, well, you're probably going to still continue to gain weight because you are in a surplus. It's just like your bank account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's math. There's a, a friend of mine and he's a, he's an engineer. And when his, his big breakthrough, um, when we were coaching was, oh, it's math. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it's not magic. Yeah. It's math. Uh-huh. And if you can add and subtract, then you can figure out, am yeah. I eating in a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit? Mm-hmm. And if you're eating in a caloric surplus, you're going to convert some of that excess mm-hmm. calories into fat. Yeah. And if you're not, you'll go into a cutting, you'll lean out. So I think measuring, so having that metric is important. Mm-hmm. I think measuring your caloric intake is another thing. And and sometimes that seems tedious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I know I've heard a lot of people say, I don't want to get too obsessed with it. Like, like I don't want to become unhealthy and which is totally a thing. You can become unhealthy and have body dysmorphia and that all of that stuff is real. And I think the counting calories on an app like my fitness pal holds people up because they're like mm-hmm. e- either it's too difficult and they're like I'm not doing that or they say I'm not doing that cuz I don't want to get too obsessed. Yeah. Which there's all sorts of levels of unhealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you know, you want to try to find that happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes we do swing like you got to that's the pendulum. Like if I've lived over here in the really, really unhealth on the mm-hmm. one side, maybe I need to move over right. and be a little more aggressive for a season. It's the ruts. 
mm-hmm, and and just yank the wheel and get out. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you one of the things: tracking calories totally shifted how I eat out. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I like Arby's, mm-hmm. and I used to go through and I would go, you know, just get a number one or a number three, and what the world will hand you is eleven hundred calories on a platter or more. You get a you get a fry and it's you know seven hundred calories, no protein, all carbs and fat, and it was really interesting. My um, family, I just started. Because I tracked and because I became more aware when my family would go through the drive-thru, I just get the entree, right? Like if I go to Chick-fil-A, I'm going to get a 12-count grilled nugget and maybe a sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I'm full. And I've just had good protein, 60 grams of protein Uh and, you know, 500, 600 calories, whatever that is. A sandwich is... 440, I think. And what it, this is interesting. The other day we were on a road trip coming back Saturday afternoon. We pulled in. Everyone in my family, I never told them, never asked them to, but everyone in my family just ordered an entree and a water. Most lessons are caught, not taught. Mm-hmm. And they've just watched how I order. Mm-hmm. And then that has rubbed off on them. Yep. Uh, but that's all because I spent a season counting calories specifically so that I would so that I'd know mm-hmm. and could make informed choices about right. what I'm putting in my mouth. Yeah, because I I don't track my calories. I'm not logging every single thing that I eat in my fitness pal, but after when I did the ruck, I was logging all the things that I ate and whether they were things that I have since then stopped eating because I realized how unhealthy they were or things that I continue to eat just because whether they're healthy or they could be unhealthy. Like, I love to have a bowl of cereal at night. Yeah. Like, that's just what I like. Being healthy in your physical fire doesn't mean you have to do a fad diet for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and you have to eat nothing but chicken and rice or else you're a failure. But through tracking my calories, I knew that I've got a bowl of Fruit Loops that's just, I always eyeball it. I don't know how much it is, but I, I remember tracking it and it was like, what was it, two cups of Fruit Loops and then a, like a cup and a half, I think, of whole milk. And it was like 530 calories, or maybe, I, I can't remember, just call it 500 calories. And now I don't, ha- I don't go track that every time I eat it, but I know at the end of the day, if I'm trying to eat 2,200 calories to stay, if I'm in a cut or I'm 2,000 calories and I'm cutting, if I've already eaten 1,800 calories, I'm like, I, I can't have that or else I'm not in alignment with my goals today. Yeah. And if, if I do it, I, I, if I choose to eat it, it's fine. I'm not going to gain weight in one day, right. but it's not this. It, I feel like, dang it. I didn't hit my goal today just because yeah. I, I wanted a bowl of cereal. And there's, there's nothing wrong with, um, Rachel, my wife, she lives off the 80, 20 rule. So 80% mm-hmm. of the time she's trying to eat whole foods and stay on her strict, mm-hmm. um, diet and hitting her macros and just being directionally correct to the the body that she's trying to build. And then 20% of the time, she wants will go out and eat pizza and go get a big ice cream cone. And then that's because you have to live your life too. Yeah. But the problem is, I feel like most people eat 100% of the time, like <laughs> Rachel eats 20% of the time. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. 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 We treat every day like a celebration. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's 
Monday. Yeah. So I'm going to have an extra thousand calories yep. at the end of my day. Yep. Something else I wanted to touch on here was you have to get to where in your mind you do not see food as fun. Yeah. Food is fuel. Yeah. You went to Arby's and you would get the big roast beef sandwich mm-hmm. on purpose because it's got the protein. You weren't just, you didn't get that because maybe it was the most tasty thing on the menu. It is tasty though. It is tasty, <laughs> but maybe the big Wagyu burger with cheese dripping off of it is, For, is a yeah. lot more tasty. Yeah. But you got the roast beef because it's got X amount of protein mm-hmm. and you were doing that. It's still tasty, but you did that because you're like, no, I want the fuel. Yeah. And so getting to that point is super important, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah, that that mentality shift is important. And that happens consistently, slowly over time. But but I, I do think it starts – I haven't seen anybody win on the eat side that has been resistant to I'm never going to track my calories. Because mm-hmm. all most fad diets are is some version of – putting you in a caloric deficit, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, but they do it by limiting the types of food that you can eat. Right. But when you understand the math, Mm -hmm. you can eat whatever you like, you can eat whatever you want. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm not a rules guy. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't like following all of the tick, 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 all the, some people are checkbox people. I am, I am am not that person. I'm a not checkbox person. I need broad strategies that work. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have a, I have a caloric goal generally for the day and I try to eat a protein centric diet. Mm -hmm. So I have a number of grams of protein that I'm trying to hit per day, mm-hmm. uh, depending on you know what phase of exercise I'm in. Yeah, and I got to get that within my calorie window, mm-hmm. and then I eat mostly whatever else I want. Now, mm-hmm. there are there are some some people who are getting really good at mastering the macros from a percentage basis on fat and carbs and mm-hmm. and there are seasons when I will lean into that but for general everyday living what works for me is intermittent fasting helps me not because there's any magic to not eating during a certain window but mm-hmm. mostly because it limits my caloric intake in the first part of the day mm-hmm. And then I can I have a lot more freedom yeah. in the second half of the day, which for me I tend to make worse choices in the evening. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. for some reason I it is not hard for me to eat healthy before five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But you get home in the <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the junk calories that you just throw in there. Uh-huh. The bowl of Fruit Loops. <laughs> Watch out for the bowl of Fruit Loops, because and it's those little decisions. Like if you had a bowl of Fruit Loops four times a week, that say it's 500, 600 additional calories. That's over half my week. I'm in a surplus, and if my goal was to be trying to cut some body fat right now, it's not at all. I'm never going to see the results. Yeah. If a majority of my week I'm mm-hmm. in a surplus, if I'm trying to cut. Yeah. And that's another thing uh, we've talked about is do the majority correctly. Like, and that that goes along with Rachel's 80-20 rule. I like that because then that's definitely in the majority. But like when we talk about working out, Mm -hmm. are you in the gym 
the majority of the days? Mm-hmm. Are you working out four out of the seven days? Yeah. Are you in a if you if you're trying to be in a caloric deficit? Are you being really intentional? I mean, eating's a little more daily, but. And you can't, if you're trying to see drastic, like if you're trying to lose, like some of the guys we know, like we just talked about recently, like they've lost 30 pounds. Like that is a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And they didn't lose 30 pounds by eating right only four days a week. Right. Like you, if you're, if you're trying to make drastic change, yeah, you have to be consistent Yep. or, or it's just going to take you much longer. Cause the one guy, he lost 30 pounds, I think in five months or mm-hmm. six almost six months mm-hmm. and so if you're and I, I know that he was super super intentional about mm-hmm. what he was eating and how he was exercising but if you're if you're like well I'm not doing that I'm just gonna do it three days a week or four days a week it might take you a year to lose 30 pounds or mm-hmm. two I don't know it could yeah just, you'll you'll quit because yeah. you're not actually committed to it right there is a mindset around food is not fun mm-hmm. food is fuel Food is fun. Food can be fun on Friday night when you're going to watch a football game with friends, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be fun breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day of your life. Yeah, <laughs> you probably think about it the same way you think about alcohol. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a moment for that. If it's every day, uh-huh. that's probably not a good life right. strategy. Yeah. So I think that there's, I think there's a an awareness that comes when you actually measure your caloric intake for an extended period of time. So in the ruck, we have people do that for a month. Mm-hmm. And some basic awareness of macronutrients, depending on what your goals are. The other place that I've seen people be frustrated is when they're looking for body recomposition and they think that they're going to get it on the treadmill. So I'll just tell, I mean, my own personal story. A couple of years ago, I was looking for... I I was looking for body recomposition and I thought, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the most extreme exercise plan I can come up with. I'm going to train for a half Ironman triathlon. So that's swimming 2.3 miles, biking 56 miles, and then running a, a half marathon at the end. And to be able to do those things back to back to back, I had a pretty strict training regimen. I was doing two trainings a day, spending time on the bike in the morning. I'd swim in the afternoon. I'd run the next morning, swim that afternoon. I mean, there was a lot of movement Mm -hmm. happening for eight months while I was training. I finished the race. I was able to complete the race. And I was absolutely in better shape. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have the body recomposition that I was hoping for. And that was because... I didn't pay any attention to eating. Yep. Well, I mean, I just assumed I was exercising a lot mm-hmm. and that I could eat whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. You cannot out-exercise poor eating. Yep. Yeah, in fact, I, I saw this thing. On, I think it was on YouTube or Instagram or something. This guy just did this challenge. He's a fitness influencer guy, and he, he ate 10,000 calories day on, on today, and then the next day... It was, can I burn 10,000 calories? So he, of course, had the Apple Watch or whatever his watch was, and he had this stuff hooked up to him. And he he essentially exercised for eight hours the next day to see if he could do it. And the guy, in incredible great shape, worked out for like eight hours straight. Of course, he probably took a break here and there, but I think he burned like 
7,000 calories. Wow. But that's all. He was like, I'm done. I cannot do anything else. But he worked out a whole day and burned 7,000 calories. But he had no problem eating 10,000 calories. Yeah. And so that's why I think a lot of people struggle with the eating part because it's easier. <laughs> it's so much easier to blow it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot harder to... To work it back. Well, yeah. you just said it. You can't do it. You can't out-exercise poor eating. eating. Yeah. 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 And and the other piece is, is a lot of times when people come in and say, I want, I'm looking for, especially men, you know, like men as we get a little bit older and we start thinking, man, I'm, I'm losing muscle mass. I'm ready to put, you know, I'm ready to get back in shape. And so they immediately jump on the bike or they jump on the treadmill and think that they're going to walk their way back into the muscular physique that they had in their twenties. And it's just not possible. In fact, high endurance training tells your muscles to get smaller. Mm -hmm. I had a client walk in and we were talking about what is, what were his goals and his physical fire and trying to create a vision. And I said, bring me a picture in of what what you want, what you want to look like. A guy in his 40s, and he'd put a little weight on in the in the middle, and and he brought me in this picture of Ryan Reynolds with his shirt off, <laughs> and and you know Ryan Reynolds had this like very defined chest, and his shoulders uh, were big biceps, and he goes, "This is what I'm aiming for," and he goes, "And I'm working really hard to get towards that." And I said, "Okay, well, fantastic. What are you doing?" And he said, "I am riding my Peloton for three hours a day," and I pulled up a picture of Lance Armstrong and I was like at best that's what you're working this for. is what you know the 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 work that you're doing is not taking you towards the goal that you've set right and so if what you want is lean and what you want is high vo2 max and and cardiovascular health that's amazing mm-hmm. you are doing the kind of work that's going to take you there yep. if what you're looking for is muscle mass next time you go to the gym Look at just do a just to do an observation of ballpark body fat percentage of the people who are over on the treadmills, walking on the treadmills, and the body fat percentage of the people who are lifting heavy weights. Mm-hmm. I would argue that it is going to be significantly lower for those lifting weights. If if you want a result, do what the people who are who have what you want are mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, it's it is a misnomer to think that you can just get on the treadmill and lean out. It's really the people who are lifting, mm-hmm. doing compound lifts, are eating intentionally and adding muscle mass. There's a quote. Uh, I think it might be from Denzel Washington, and he says in one of his speeches that he gives at one of those college graduations, he says, "Don't confuse." busyness with productivity Mm. Mm -hmm. and that's what i just thought of because i was like you're on the treadmill you're just busy you're just you're hauling you're just running but you're maybe not getting you're not being as productive as what you think you are yeah and if what you want i mean if if you're training to be a long distance runner fantastic right that's a that's a healthy but if what you're training for if what you're trying to do is to be to have health span like you need cardio, you need uh, you need a solid circulatory cardiovascular mm-hmm. exercise is important, but muscle mass 
is the greatest predictor mm-hmm. of health span, meaning how long you can live your life without someone else having to care for you. Right. People who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who have high muscle mass can get up off the floor. They can, you know, eat. I've seen lean people who can't who can't get up off the floor because they don't have enough muscle mass in their legs to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, I don't know if we can put this post in there, but there was a MRI scan of a, uh, of these three different legs, quadriceps, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, unfortunately there's three people who have passed away. It's a 40 year old triathlete and it shows the inside of his quad and it's, you know, it's healthy and, Lots of muscle Lots mass. Lots of muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And then there's a picture of a 74-year-old's quad, and there's all this adipose tissue, and it's just fat and very little muscle. Mm-hmm. And then there's a picture of a 70-year-old triathlete's quad, and it looks it's better, bigger, it's better than, than, than the 40-year-old's. 40 40 yeah. And so, you know, after, after about 30, it, muscle mass is use it or lose it. So I think that there's a lot to be said for just general – General strength, uh, core strength prevents all sorts of back ailments. Yeah, resistance training, too. There's a lot of science behind this. You can look it up about you're going to burn more calories, too, because when you're running on the treadmill, as soon as you stop running and you walk to your car to go leave the gym, you're, you're done burning. Ca- well, you're done burning calories at the rate that you were burning them while you were running. Mm-hmm. Like your body's going to naturally burn your resting metabolic rate throughout the day. But when you tear down your muscles, like you said earlier, all night long while you're sleeping and your body's recovering, that's why you wake up and you're sore. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. You, that's, I love when I wake up sore because I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I know I did something and I, I, my body's burning calories and my body's building towards the, building yeah. the lean muscle mass that I'm trying to build. Mm-hmm. And so resistance training for, unless you are trying to, one of the guys that went through the ruck back last year he's training to do long distance running Mm -hmm. and so if you're training for that then maybe resistance training isn't for you but i would say majority 90 Mm -hmm. whatever percentage like almost all people should be doing resistance training yeah there was a lot of um misconceptions about um being more muscular would reduce athletic performance and um, for a long time people in the nba didn't lift at all and Michael Jordan was actually one of the people who put that, you know, kind of put that myth to bed. He he started doing lots and lots of resistance training mm. to get stronger, um, even in a sport like basketball where right. it requires a lot of cardiovascular mm-hmm. health. But uh, he put on a lot of muscle mass. Um, I forget what season it was that that became part of his mm. training reg- regime to, yeah. to, get, to get better. Wow. I really do think that – that resistance training is the fountain of youth for men specifically. Mm. Um, it is, it sends signals to our, you know, to all sorts of systems. Hey, stay young. Yeah. Hey, stay, stay engaged so that we're able to do the kinds of things that we want to do much, much later in life. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, um, is the greatest detriment to people getting the results that they want in their physical fire is their mentality. Mm. It is a, we talk a lot about awareness and then after awareness, you have to have ownership. And then after ownership, you have discipline. 
So awareness is counting your calories just so that you know and you're equipped with the knowledge. But then there's this, I got to own this. Mm -hmm. If you haven't made good choices up to this point, own that. Yeah. Like, because if you don't own it, you'll never, you'll live in a victim mentality. Mm. You will never get to the point where uh, you believe that your choices are powerful. If we discount the power of choice in our past, then we diminish the power of choice in our future. Yep. And that's why you have to take ownership for whatever your current state is. So it's not good. All right, well, mm-hmm. where are we going from there? Yep. To correct me if I'm wrong, is it Jimmy Buffett who says the best day to start investing was 20 years ago, the next best day is today? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it might have been like a, I don't, I don't know if it was Jimmy the best Buffett. day to plant a tree was 20 years ago, okay, yeah. and then the next best day right. is today, right? right? I mean, like, I didn't plant that tree 20 years ago. Yeah. Wish I did. Mm-hmm. But 20 years from now, I'm going to wish that I had started, <laughs> started that I planted the tree today. Right. Uh, and so, so you really do have to just look around. At, at some point, you got to get sick and tired with being sick and tired mm-hmm. and say, well, today's the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to shift. I'm going to have a mentality shift. I'm going to have behavior shifts. And I'm going to become more aware and I'm going to own my current state. I'm going to design my future state, and then I'm going to put discipline in. And we talk about discipline as a muscle that needs to be worked. Right. we got to be able to do hard things and do hard things consistently over time. I just realized I said Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it was Jimmy Buffett? Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett. They're kind of the same. They're basically uh, they're geniuses in their own right. Yeah. Warren Buffett's the investor, though. Yeah. <laughs> Not yes. Jimmy Buffett. Yes. Well, I'm sure Jimmy Buffett has inve- – he definitely is an investor, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> Warren Buffett was who I was thinking of. Yeah. I don't know who said that, but it's, uh, it's a great Maybe statement. neither of them said it. Yeah. Least. Somebody said it back yeah. in the day. Because if both you and I have heard it, yeah. it's a truth that resonates. Right. So one of the things is you have to be really real about what are you actually doing. Not what do you think you're doing. What are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. We talk about – don't complain about the results that you're not getting yep. for the work that you didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it and, and we, you and I had a conversation and, and what came out of the conversation was if you're not going to own your physical fire, then you should go to your wife and, and just tell her, honey, I just want you to know that I'm not going, I'm choosing not to prioritize how I eat and how I exercise. And so I just want you to to know, and I want to acknowledge and just tell you, I'm going to continue to get weaker and fatter for the rest of my life. And I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> at least, at least then you'd be being honest <laughs> at, with yourself. At least you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at some point, like that's the, that's the choice you're making, yeah. right? If you're not going to put work in it and the natural trajectory in the physical fire is down, mm-hmm. Then yeah you you know like you're not even gonna try to pull the nose of the plane up yeah then yeah essentially what you're saying to yourself is I'm okay with weaker and fatter every day <laughs> for the rest of my <laughs> for life. the rest of my life so own it yeah so I mean you, you own it, your physical fire yeah it is the simplest yeah. and maybe it, it, it requires a different muscle yes than most of us have had to work. Mm-hmm. But when you get it, man, it becomes a part of life. Mm-hmm. It's complementary of all the other fires. You're going to feel like 
investing into your marriage and your relationships with your friends and kids and siblings if you have energy because your physical fire is good. Yeah, and it impacts it will impact your professional fire because it does impact how people view you. Sure. Um, are you like they make judgment calls on are you a disciplined person? Mm-hmm. For good or for bad, that's mm-hmm. the game that we play. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of value to if you can win in your physical fire, if you can do the work, just like any of your other fires, mm-hmm. the heat from one bleeds over into the other areas and bolsters them as well. Yeah. So so where do we want to land the plane, right? So we've talked a little bit about, you know, some some base things that people need to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, what you measure does matter. Right. If you've never measured anything other than like stepping on a scale and you want to really make some changes in your physical fire, go schedule a bod pod, get a DEXA scan, Mm -hmm. get the data. Uh, If you've never done caloric, like measured the calories that you're putting in your body, Mm -hmm. it's probably time to start doing that. You can do that. There's all sorts of tools out there. You can use MyFitnessPal. There's a lot of other calorie trackers. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you've never thought about muscle mass and resistance training and <laughs> are spending all your, you're doing all the work in the gym, but it's always in the treadmill room. Or, and maybe you're not seeing the results that you're looking for. Maybe try some resistance training. Yeah. And yeah. those, and, 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 and we'll have a, a guest in here to talk about specific lifts and training for people who have never. Yeah, coming soon. Yeah. Coming <laughs> soon. We'll put that one on the, on the list. Cause there are a lot of people I know that, you know, are really uncomfortable showing up in a gym and yeah. and don't feel like that that's home to them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if those are things that uh, you've never done and you haven't seen the success that you hoped to get in your physical fire, those are good places to start. Yep. Um, you can absolutely DIY it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are looking to do some of those things as a part of a community with a group of men who are on a four-dimensional journey and that you'd be willing to learn from some other guys who are going down these four fires paths, do a ruck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it is absolutely life-changing to, to get to think about your life four-dimensionally. Uh, and certainly in the physical fire, there's tools and there's tricks and tips that are built into the ruck mm-hmm. that will at least model for you what winning in that space can look like. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, so with that being said, check out the link in the descriptions to see about um, the 30-day ruck. And if you'd like to join the Four Fires Tribe, there'll be a link for that in the description as well. Uh, with that being said, Alan... Always enjoy talking to you. And then until next time, uh, go live intentionally, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Four Fires Podcast. Mm